Welcome to the Ripple Fishing Report. I'm your host, Brad Long. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Ripple Fishing Report. And on today's show, we're going to talk to uh, Captain Jordan Todd out of Port St. Joe. How you doing, Captain Jordan? I'm doing all right, man. A little wet over here, but we're doing all right. Yeah, it's been kind of damp this weekend. Um, <laughs> Slightly. A little before, a little after. You know, it kind of spreads out on us. Oh, yeah. So have you have you been able to fish much? I know this weekend was was a mess. Um, when did it start raining down there? Like Friday? Uh, well, no, we actually had some pretty bad squalls come through uh, Wednesday and Thursday. Okay. Um, but consistent, <clears throat> basically, all day rain was Friday, Saturday, yesterday, and then today it started right about eleven o'clock. Uh, ran us off the water, and it's been storming ever since. Really. Same same remnants of uh, what is it, Claudette, or what? What is the name of this thing? Yeah, Claudette or something. It's yeah. whatever it was, but it it dumped a ton of rain on us. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, but well, how- we we got out last week. Last week was pretty nice up until, uh, you know, Thursday was decent. Wednesday started out beautiful, and then it got a little hairy. Uh oh. What do you mean? Yeah, we uh, so I had an offshore trip, uh, just a quick snapper trip in the morning, and like I do every day, if we're going offshore, I check the radar. Right. And there wasn't a blip on the radar. There was thirty percent chance of rain. I was like, all right, we're good. You know, it's one to two foot seas, wasn't too bad. So yeah, we headed on out, and we actually, you know, we got started fishing about seven thirty, and you know started catching some good snapper had a couple grouper and i noticed it was kind of getting gray off back toward the uh toward the beach the way we had to go home we were right about 13 miles offshore so okay. a little too far for sail service and stuff like that yeah and uh we were about one or two fish shy of a limit so i was like all right guys you know as soon as we get this limit we're gonna start easing back in and man it wasn't 10 minutes later I saw a little flash of lightning, heard a rumble of thunder. And I was like, all right, guys, we need to go. And we just caught, you know, our last snapper. I was like, we need to go. Yeah. And so we started easing in. It was just getting darker and darker and darker. And I was like, man. So I got just close enough to to uh, get cell service, which is right at about nine, nine and a half miles. Yeah. And pulled the radar up, and it was a solid red wall of thunder uh, a thunderstorm about 40 miles long maybe only a mile wide but coming yeah i mean basically from the north to south so it was it was coming from on land towards us oh no nowhere to run nowhere to nowhere to run nope and i told my guys i said all right you know i started getting alerts you know severe weather high winds right lightning i'm like "Mm." Man, this is going to be a little hairy, guys, but we can't go around it, and we're not going to go south trying to run from it. Right. Um, in my boat, I said, we're going to, we're just going to punch through it and get as close to the beach as we can and, you know, hope for the best. Yeah. Made them all put life jackets on, and we started going. And, man, I'm telling you, it was the second scariest moment of my probably life being on a boat. Really? Yep. So and what, so what happened? Was it, did it just turn the water up or lightning? What was it that really got you? It was everything. So it was 50 to 60 mile an hour winds. Whoa. <laughs> yep. Um, and coming against kind of quartering into a West Southwesterly swell. Okay. So you had that kind of wind pushing against 
a wave, you know, a, a, an already built up wave action. Yeah. Um, it, so what, what it made it difficult because when winds like that, you always want to keep your bow into the wind, right? Especially on a smaller craft. You always want to keep the bow directly into the wind. And it, it just, you know, I had waves coming to my stern and the wind in my bow and then raining so hard i couldn't see 10 or 15 feet in front of me oh wow! and then there was so much lightning that my entire body started tingling i made sure no one was touching anything metal laying on the bottom of the boat wow. um but but it was so staticky my electronics went out whoa yep so i had to go old school and drive strictly by a compass heading to where i knew i would end up between Cape Sandblast and Apalachicola on the beach somewhere. Yeah. Um, and you know, just luckily I've driven boats my whole lives and I've driven in some storms, nothing, nothing that gnarly and that fast. Yeah. That's and in, crazy. And in a bay boat, you know, I've driven bigger boats and some stuff, but man, I'm telling you, it was, it was pretty gnarly for, you know, for a 30, 40 minutes, man. It, it, it had me very, very nervous. I bet. So, what do you, so you said keep your bow into the wind. Um, yep. And that's regardless of where you need to be going, right? That's regardless. Yep. And when it's blowing that hard, and you know, I knew it wasn't going to last for a long, t- long time because the storm was moving so fast. Right. But with a bay boat, you know, a boat like mine, it, it rocks pretty easily. And with a T-top, if when gusts are blowing that hard, if it leans your boat too far over and then you get a wave hit it, that's when you're done. Yeah. So as soon as you get a wave crashing into the, the, the hull on a bay boat, that's when it can get dangerous. So I just, luckily the wind was coming straight north um, from the storm, and I could keep my bow plowed down right into the wind with a quartering, you know, with sea. So I was kind of riding the waves going into the wind. That's the only thing that, that helped us. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> what because what you just described is something that I think about a lot um because you know the times I've taken my boat out um that would be a detrimental scenario for me in a 16 foot skiff yes and so the thing that that's getting me about it is you looked at the weather beforehand there was no sign that that things were going to get squirrely so nothing it, it actually caught three or four other captains uh fishing in the bay they were just bay fishing and it came up so fast. It actually trapped them. They had to beach their boats, uh, in the, you know, in the bay there yeah. and just ride it out. Um, that's how fast it built up and was moving. Yeah. So what, what could you have done differently or what, I mean, I guess I'm trying to learn from your experience in case I'm ever in that type scenario. Well, you know, it all depends. So if I would have been in a, 30 plus foot center console with a, with a bunch of gas and a bigger boat, I would have just gone South. Right. Cause typically storms like that, when they build on land and move so fast, when they hit the Gulf, the water's a little cooler than land. They kind of lose steam. And that's what that one did. It didn't make it, but eight or nine miles out. Yeah. And then it just kind of fizzled out. Right. Um, but in my boat, in a bay boat, you don't, you know, I've only got so much gas. I mean, I have plenty of gas there, but you, you don't necessarily want to go further away from land. Right. At, at that point. Yeah. Um, to me. So, you know, for me and thinking safety first in the scenario I'm in and the boat I'm in, 
I want to get as close to the beach as I can possibly get just in case all hell breaks loose. Right. Then at least you're not stranded at sea. You're stranded on some beach somewhere. Somewhere. Yep. And, and honestly, man, I could not see if there would have been another boat in front of me, which I wasn't going fast. I was running 20 knots, but I mean, just plow down. Yeah. But if I would have gone, if there would have been another boat in front of me, would not have had time to react. Um, or I told him, I said, look, I'm just going to drive. If we drive this sucker up on the beach at 20 knots, we're fine. Right. We made it to the beach. Yeah. We can always get the boat off later. Yep. Um, and so it, you know, I'm just, I'm very, very thankful that I've spent my whole life on a boat and kind of just let instincts and, you know, stuff take over especially when my electronics went out, you know, so many guys nowadays don't even put a compass on their boat. That's the very first thing that I had to my boat. So, you know, what's funny, I don't have a compass on mine and I've wondered what I would do if the electronics go out. Yeah. And, and particularly if I'm in a place that, you know, if I'm on my, if I'm, if I'm in Panama city where I fish most of the time, I can get around, get home, know where I'm at, know what's going on, you know, with water depths and things like that. Mm-hmm. But you put me in a place where I'm not as familiar and, and then kill the electronics and I'm having a bad, bad day. Yep. And you know, you always got fog certain times of year. Yeah. Uh, storms. I always, the very, it's, it's still on every sheet of ordering a boat. The very first component you can add is a compass and it should be the very first thing you check off is a compass. Yeah. And it makes sense because at least if everything dies, at least you know the direction you need to be headed to get back home versus to hit some yes, to get to some land. Yeah. That's yeah. worst case scenario. But I also advise anyone who thinks about doing offshore fishing at any time is get an EPIRB. Yes. That was my have next it. question. So I, I assume yep. you have all that, but um Yeah. Make sure you have an EPIRB always. I don't care how big the boat is. Or what? Yeah. Get an EPIRB for, for just the, the one chance out of a thousand or a million that something bad happens. Yep. And I, I'll tell you, I'll follow that up with an experience that, that we had, uh, the, well, the last time I went offshore, but also, um, a membership to something like CETO or boat USA or whatever, um, tow boat us, whatever there's several, yeah. um, is never a bad idea either because I, I tell you what, uh, and it's, and it's the emotional sting, I think, that happens. But what is just as bad to me is sitting over a wreck, you know, 6, 7, 10, 50, whatever you are, miles offshore, and that boat giving you a little trouble. Yep. And uh, that is no better feeling than being out in a storm, not knowing what to do, is sitting there not knowing what to do when your boat won't crank, you know? Yes, sir. Been there. Yeah. Luckily not on a charter, but been there. Well, I mean, you know, the bad news is, is if you do this enough, you're going to be in a storm and your boat's one day not going to crank. And you know what yeah. I mean? You're going to experience all this. Hopefully not, but odds are if you spend enough time out there, it's going to happen. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm, I, because I'm more of an inshore guy, I spend more time running around things or going to this area because the rain's going that way or whatever, you know, but you get offshore in that scenario that you had, I mean, it happens and it can happen to anybody at any time, especially when there's, when there's weird tropical stuff out there. And apparently we've kicked off that season full steam ahead. So, Oh yeah. It's not going to stop, you know? So the EPIRB's a good idea. And then, uh, bow into the wind. Yep. If it's blowing, you know, 
when it's when it's blowing that hard, you know, if it's a 15, 20 mile an hour gust, you know, winds 30 mile an hour, still try to need to. But when it's blowing 50, 60 plus, I mean, you know, humping on up there. Yeah. And in, in a bay boat, you know, a boat like mine, you just want to keep the bow into the wind. And, and just because normally that's, you know, a lot of your wave action is going to be with the wind. Right. Especially if it's blowing that hard. Yeah. And even if you're taking waves over the bow, keep your nose into the waves. You do not want to get sideways. Yeah. Just, it, you're, you know, let, let it drain out the back. You know, let your, if your, your uh, bilge pump is working, let it work. If you got a, you know, internal plug, pull the plug. If you're just taking them constantly over the bow, keep it moving. But, you know, when it gets like that, you always want to keep your nose, keep control of the boat into whatever's coming at you. Yeah. And, and you're a lot better off than getting any type of sideways in it. So what you were saying, keeping the bow into the wind really is keeping the bow into the, the wave. So you're not hit. So the waves aren't hitting you broadside. <clears throat> well, yeah, it's true. But I, this was a weird storm because it came, it was moving so fast that waves didn't have time to build. I got you. So it was just it, the wind was creating sheer, the, sheer wind hitting right up against the Southwest swell. And it, it made it a little gnarly, man. I'm not going to lie. Like I, I was, I was very, very attentive and nervous. Yeah, um, I bet. So how did, I mean, the electronics just came back on. Yeah, it's just so much static, you know, they just shorted them out. I mean, they, they work fine the next day, but man, that's, it, uh, that's, a, that's almost the scariest part to me. That was when that, when that, when my body started tingling and I started getting a metallic metal taste in my mouth. Um, I've had that before. I knew that, that the boat was charging, you know, everything was charging up with the static electricity in the air. And it was just a matter of time. Like I was just, and I mean, it was popping all around us, you know, that's, that's when I got scared. Cause if it, if it had hit the boat, it probably would have killed me because I'm holding on to the steering wheel. Right. My clients, which thank God, their other boat captains from, uh, Savannah, Georgia, they spent their whole life on the water. Like they knew, they knew what was going on. You know, they knew kind of the deal. Um, yeah. they weren't, they weren't touching anything metal. They had their shoes on with the rubber soles, just sitting on fiberglass chances are if we'd have got struck, they would have been okay. They would have been, you know, they'd have felt it, but it wouldn't have killed them. Yeah. Um, but me holding the steering wheel, I, I'm a conductor, you know, it would have gone right through me. Yeah. Um, so that was the only thing I was really, really, that really kind of made it the scariest was just so much lightning right on top of us that, yeah. you know, I couldn't, I couldn't wait it out. You know, a lot of times if you just, get on the beach or get somewhere and sit still, let it blow over you. You know, it's a little better, but this one, man, I just, I just had to punch through it. And luckily we, we busted through right at the, I mean, right at the boat ramp, you know, not even a quarter mile from the boat ramp and got out and it took me three hours to stop shaking. Yeah. I bet, man. I mean, I've been into some weird weather in mine. And of course, again, you know, a, a small boat, it doesn't take, very strange weather to get you a little bit on edge running it around, but it's all relative, man. You know I mean? Yes, Something sir. like that would have, uh, would have put a damper on things for anybody. It sounds like. Yeah, it, it was, um, luckily I had the, the clients on board that I had and, and they, you know, I didn't scare them half to death, which normally if, if, 
the only snapper trips I do run are, are seaworthy people who've, who know the deal, you yeah. know, they've been around it a lot. They, I'm not taking some newbies out there to catch a snapper in the right. summertime just because of that chance. But yeah, it, 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 it had me nervous, man. And it took me a day to kind of shake the funk off. I bet, you know, and, <clears throat> and then the next day I had a tarpon trip and there was a little storm sitting just off the, the Gulf. And I told my guy, I said, look, man, the first flash of lightning that I see, <laughs> we are out of here. Yeah. Like, we are out of here. And he's like, no, I get it. And luckily the storm just, you know, blew on south and kind of dissipated. And then it ended up being a decent day till about four o'clock. And then it started raining again. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's summer, man. And, uh, and with summer, you know, let's remove all the tropical stuff from the equation. But with summer, you're going to have these afternoon or pop-up storms that can be pretty rough. You know, just to be afternoon oh, yeah. thunderstorms and then lightning's always, especially in Florida, but lightning's always in play this time of year. Absolutely. So what kind of advice would you give those of us who who aren't ex- as experienced as you guys in operating a boat? I mean, we know enough to be dangerous, but I, I guess I'm looking for the magic bullet if we're in that situation, <laughs> if I'm in that situation, you know, of, of what to do. So EPIRB's always a good idea. Uh, full yep. disclosure, I don't have one, but the uh, the furthest I've gone out is five miles, which, look, I get it. If something were to go down, five miles, miles will be 50 miles. You know what I mean? Because yep. you ain't swimming yep. it. I mean, it don't matter. But it's rare. It's like once or twice a year. So I, I haven't invested in anything like that. But now I'm with you, though. If I were an offshore, exclusively offshore guy, I'd have one because yep. that might be the difference in coming home or not, you know. So Absolutely. an EPIRB and then what, what are the other pieces of advice? I mean, as far compass. as compass, compass is the compass. first and foremost thing you should have on. Everyone should have a compass on the boat and know how to read a compass. And, you know, luckily for us, we're in the North part of, you know, Northern Florida panhandle. So if you're in the Gulf of Mexico, anywhere drive North, yeah, just point your bow, the compass, and drive north, and you will hit land at some point. Right, eventually. Yep. Yeah, yeah, if you know, if you're if you leave from any boat ramp in this area from the Panhandle of Florida, and you have no idea where you're at, just drive north, and you will hit a beach at some point. So, right. You know that that's a good piece of advice. But the best thing, you know, if if you're anywhere near land and a big storm's coming and it traps you between where you launched and where you're at. Just park it on a beach somewhere. Yeah. Just not not on the beach where it's wave action is crashing, um, unless you absolutely have to. But just get. I don't care if you're 20 miles from the boat ramp. Pull the beach the boat up on the beach, you know, or in a foot of water. Throw the anchor, and if it's if lightning's popping all around you, get out. Stand in the water. Um or on the beach or sit on the beach or stand in the water, you know, and kneel down and just get away from the boat. Cause if it hits the boat and you're touching anything metal, it more than likely will kill you. If it hits the beach and you're sitting on it, it's not going to conduct through you. I mean, you'll feel a tingle, but it's not going to kill you. Right. Um, so that, that's, you know, if you're offshore, uh, there's really not a whole lot of advice. If you got a big gas tank, just you know and you think you can outrun it or run around it try that but if not just punch through it and get as close to the beach as you can get yeah 
that's good advice, man. And if again, if you uh, if you spend enough time out there, you're going to run into this stuff. You are, and that, this one, you know, I've run into several in the bay, and we've had to, you know, throw the anchors and everything. And I tell my people, just look, just get out and stand and in chin deep water. You know, it's going to be a little scary, but just stand there. It's we're a lot safer there than in the boat. Let it pass. We'll get back in the boat. We'll go on in, you know, or sit on the beach. I've done that. And that's not, it's nervous, but it's not bad because we're somewhere someone can find us. Right. You know, out there, you're a little bitty dot in a giant bowl of water. And if something happens out there, it's very tough for people to find you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the thing is too, it's, it's the Gulf. So it can get, it can fire up like that. And all of a sudden what started out as one to twos is four to sixes. And there you are, you know, and, and all of a sudden you end up being miles away from where you intended to go. You know, I mean, it, it can just turn sideways so fast and, and being out in the big water like that, um, yep. it, it can make it way, way worse, you know? Yes, sir. And that's, I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna keep me near shore for a while. I don't, I don't know how many snapper trips I'm going to run for a little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> well, what a, what a, what a freak thing, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, for it to be that bad and kind of, kind of trap you where there's really not anything you can do besides just plow into it, you know? <laughs> I, I know. Mean, and it's, you know, the way my luck's been going this year, <laughs> the way everything's been kind of going this year, man, I was like, really? Like on top of everything else that's happened, right? <laughs> this is what the, I'm about to, you know, deal with this. Like it's just it's one of those things where I, you just throw your hands up. It's like, all right, yeah, whatever you got to throw at me, throw it. Yeah, just bring it, get it done. Yeah, yeah. Well, man, that's some good advice, and and you know, I mean, it, it's tricky because you almost have to be able to to have enough just groundwork of of knowledge, I guess, and in, in operating a boat to to be able to make those decisions in that moment you know yeah and that that's the only thing it was is i've you know i've spent a lifetime 34 years of, of on the water on a boat and it it you know i'm not gonna say it all accumulated to that moment but it was very very helpful in that yeah. moment yeah well and you know the whole point of this podcast is to is to give all of us weekend warriors kind of a i don't know a fat a a, a a cliff notes version of all you guys in your lifetime of experience doing this, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what, you know, the goal of this show is just to keep people a little bit safer and kind of plant some seeds about some things to pay attention to, because man, the, the time to learn is not when you realize that you're now between Mexico and a storm, you know what I mean? From getting home. Yeah. That is not when yep. you, that's not the time to learn how to behave in that scenario. You kind of have to have a pretty good idea before you venture out that to that scenario to yes absolutely uh, the the what if scenarios you know yep and and be be experienced before you go offshore if you're planning on going any three miles or more away from the beach have have a little bit of it i mean a lot of bit of experience driving a boat in all sorts of conditions i mean that's if you're a newbie and never driven a boat before or anything and you decide you want to go offshore fishing you're already in a lose-lose situation right there yeah and and you know i would say the best thing you can do is find somebody even if you have to hire a guide and tell them what you're doing you know because you probably only got to hire them once they'll teach you everything you need to know in that one trip 
but, yeah. or get a buddy that has some experience and get them to go with you and just spend some time. Watch what they do, ask questions, you know. And then at the end of the day, it's going to come down to the very specific circumstances of your situation, you know. Yes, sir. Whether you outrun something, run through something, go, you know, around it, whatever. That's what's going to dictate uh, your actions, you know, is is your experience up to that point. And that's kind of scary because, you know, you go to a lot of places, especially in Florida, and, and I've told my wife a lot of times you – you run into folks that have more money than sense. And, and what I mean by that is they can afford one hell of a boat, but have no idea how to operate it. Absolutely. I see it every day. And, and that's a, that's a dangerous combination because a lot of those boats will get you way out there, but there ain't no autopilot to get you home whenever it's uh, hitting the fan like that, you know? Yes, sir. Well, that's good advice, man. And, um, I, you know, and I'll say this too, and I've never had to do this, and I hope I never do, but uh, don't be too proud in those scenarios to throw your life jacket on. You know what I mean? If, oh, gosh, no. Absolutely not. Because any one of those things, man, an EPIRB, a life jacket, any of that stuff, you, you know, using the compass, I mean, that any of that stuff is might be the one thing that, that gets you home that night, you know? Yep. So hopefully, yes, hopefully none of us experienced anything like that again. Um, but odds are you're going to get in a storm and, uh, hopefully it won't be that scary, but at least, you know, <sighs> no, I hope I don't have to do that ever again. I yeah. know I'm sure I will at some point, but it took me 10 years before I, you know, on charters before I was that, uh, that nervous driving a boat. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, I compared it to driving my duck boat during hurricane Michael here in town and honestly i was way more scared uh wednesday than i was during michael really yep i tell you man there's something about um the you know you realize how powerful the the gulf and the oceans are absolutely and and every now and then you get to see that and it just makes you respect it that much more of like, man, this, this thing will swallow me up if something goes, goes sideways. I mean, and, and we, we lose sight of that, you know, trucking or you can see it. I mean, with, I mean, just the way people behave on the water, you can tell that there's not the proper amount of respect from a lot of folks. Um, a, a trip or two like that will, will help you learn that, uh, that you're not in charge, you know? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah. It can, it can humble you real quick. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, Jordan, tell us how to, how to get a hold of you. Um, if we want to come down to Port St. Joe and book a trip, because you know, I, look, I like to talk about fishing and fishing reports and all this, but at the end of the day, I mean, if there's one thing that either one of us happen to allude to that somebody remembers if they're in this situation and it helps them get home a little bit safer than this was uh time well spent, you know what I mean? Yes, sir. I hope, I hope people heed it and, uh, kind of understand, you know, if they don't have the experience, I was scared to death and I've driven a boat since I was nine years old. So, yeah, you know, that, that doesn't tell you something right there. Hopefully somebody will take a little bit out of this and, and, you know, be safe or, or get them out of a jam if they need to. Yeah, absolutely. Well, tell us how to get up with you if we want to book a trip and don't feel like figuring all this stuff out on our own. We'll just let, <laughs> just let you do it. That's the easy way, uh, right? Uh, yes, sir. Easiest way is uh, telephone number 850-227-6550. 
that's the my favorite way. Give me a call, leave me a voicemail, and I, I will return it and get back to you. Uh, or Facebook, uh, Instagram, direct message, Saltwater Obsessions. You can find me on either one of those. And I'd uh, love to hear from you. Awesome, man. Jordan, as always, thank you, buddy. And that's, you know, th- this is the the kind of the show that I hope people listen to and get something out of. And like I said, it just takes one person, you know, getting some kind of piece of advice out of this conversation from your experience and, and using some of the suggestions you made and getting themselves out of a jam. And this could be the best podcast they've ever listened to. If that happens, you know what I mean? It, otherwise yes, it's like, man, they didn't even talk be. about fish. This sucks. But, Yep. If if you if you're if you're in that position and and it saves your butt then uh, yeah <laughs> so that's why we're doing it but Jordan thank you as always uh, I look forward to hearing from you and talking with you next week um, listeners uh, if you, if this gets you out of a jam let us know but hopefully not hopefully not <laughs> hopefully you're not in a jam yeah, yeah hopefully, hopefully you won't be in a jam you. you'll 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 be smarter than Jordan in your in your weather predictions and won't be out there getting yes. trapped. <laughs> absolutely but uh but thank you all for listening thank you for spending some time with us jordan thank you as always and uh and we'll catch up with you again next week yes sir thank y'all